Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Travis, you doing okay? I'm doing good. All right. How are you doing? I'm always fantastic. And today we have uh, something that'll make, I think, us and everyone listening Absolutely. feel good. The world famous Jason Francis. How are you, Jason? I don't know about the world famous <laughs> part, but I am doing fine. How you, how you like our uh, our summer we have out there today? It's beautiful. What are you talking about? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you've been in the warm office all day long. I've been out there standing in it all day long. It's snowing. I got my season tickets for Granite Peaks. I'm ready to go, man. Let us know. You know, for the people out there that don't know this, Jason, he's an FTM here at Rail. He schedules these these close quarters for me, which is two, two and a half hours standing out in the snow. And I think they pick the worst days possible to schedule these for me. He's watching that outlook. <laughs> I believe he's looking at the weather channel, him and a couple of other ones in there. Mm-hmm. So what have you been up to, Jason? Just showing up for work every day, man. Yeah. Showing yeah. up. So what are you, I, I said you are FTM here. How did you get into that? Um... I was a driver here at rail for a long time. I lose track of how many years, but it's been a lot. Um, before before rail, I worked for Brock Trucking, mm-hmm. and then rail bought them out, so I suddenly found myself drafted by rail. Right. Um, and you were ecstatic? <laughs> at first, I was not, because I didn't know what to expect, but it turned out to be a good thing in the end. Right. Gotcha. Turned out to be a good thing in the end, but then after what eight nine years of driving for rail um eric and kevin uh, eric wilson and kevin leaders offered me a uh, position doing some planning in the office Mm -hmm. they said i think you'll make a great planner i said well shoot i'll give it a shot and uh i you know i'd been driving for 30 years at this point it was time for something different you know i just wanted to try something different see if i could do it and i came in and learned how to do the planning Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of kind of scary at first because um, I could barely turn the computer on when I came right. in the office. I was a truck driver. I don't know how to use a computer. I, I, sort of, <laughs> I sympathize with you. <laughs> so you were in that new zone, which everything is a bit strange. Everything was – it was learning a whole new language. And uh, Well, you, I, you're, you're in your 50s, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're in your 50s and in the same boat as me. And you, you know, you've been driving for forever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a thing when we started driving. It was not. We, you, we Cell did. phones weren't even a thing. <laughs> right. I mean, I think, I think well, the first thing I remember is a pager. You remember that? Oh, you yeah. 911, you had to oh, get yeah. off and go go check your phone because it was an emergency. Find a cell phone because it was a page. Yeah. Right. And it, it ended up being uh, uh, something really. A pay phone. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> a pay phone. Hey, I mean, you can remember that. The, the, the Going into the truck stops, having hundreds of what, whatever, 20, 20 phones on the wall. Yeah. Sitting there waiting for three hours to get on the phone for two yeah. minutes and then get off, you know. Oh, yeah. I that was norm. That. People yeah, got it made that. today. Yeah, I remember you were telling that story about your pager, and uh, you got a page, and then it was like nothing, right? It was you, like not you, an emergency. You would, you would always get 911. That was got to find somewhere to park, and I pulled oversized loads. 
So you had to get that big thing into a parking spot, go into a truck stop, and you go, oh, my God, somebody's got to be in trouble, and call the number back. Oh, I just wanted to know if you wanted the, the guy to come cut the grass this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sure I'm sure you you sympathize with me, Jason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They used to, used to line up there so you'd call home every night. They had the, right. they had the little phones on the tables, and you punched in the – uh, phone card number to right. make the call. You know, I mean, between the phone cards and the collect calls, it was outrageous back then. And now you, I mean, good lord, you pick up a phone and you can call anybody anywhere, video, and you know, it's it's amazing what you're able to do now. It's a whole different world, Absolutely. no doubt about it. But yeah, I came into the office and and I was planning the Minnesota and West area for the reefer fleet, and be honest with you i didn't much care for that position it was right. like putting together a jigsaw puzzle with the pieces missing and i have all the respect in the world for the guys that do that job every day right i didn't really didn't really care for it and and then i talked to eric and i told him i think that i would be a much better fit as a fleet training manager mm-hmm. because of all my experience driving and it has worked out quite well i get new drivers when they first get their truck Mm -hmm. they come to me for about a month and a half Mm -hmm. um while they're while they're out solo Mm -hmm. you know it's we run them at a little slower pace so that they have a little more time to get from a to b and learn what they need to along the way and then i have a little smaller board than a regular fleet manager so they have more time to answer questions there's probably a ton of them right when they first get going First five or ten days, it's I hear from them ten or fifteen right. times a day. <laughs> I'm sure you can you can remember back when you first started. I mean, it's been a long time, but you remember how hectic it was trying to, you know, you had this big semi. You're in these new places. Half of them's probably never been, mm. and uh, it's got to be nervous, you know. And you're the only one on the other line to help them out, you know. I vaguely remember when I started. <laughs> that was nearly half a century ago. Um, <laughs> I do remember my trainer quite specifically. Right. I worked for a little company called Burlington Motor Carriers. I remember them well. I remember I remember my trainer first day I climbed in the truck. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm a I'm an old man, I'm setting my ways and you ain't gonna change them, just do what I tell you. Right. <laughs> That's the way you trained back then. And it worked. My my trainer trained from the sleeper. Yeah. He wasn't a rail trainer. We did that we so, did that too. We we ran like a team after the yeah. first couple of days. We ran like a team. And, uh, you know, it apparently worked because, you know, I was, what, three and a half million right. miles in when I came in the office. So right. Something like that. So so everybody can calm down. That wasn't either one of them a rail trainer. Was, <laughs> <laughs> these were these other carriers. So I, I haven't run across that here. No, that is not the case here. No. No, absolutely. I work, I work real close with the Phase 2 guys, the, mm. the, the fleet, tra- fleet training managers for Phase 2. Right. They are on the phone constantly with those trainers, making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be, and it's right. it's a really great training program. So, did you train here as well as a driver trainer? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. How long? Probably about three years. How was that? Like every other driver trainer, I'm sure I could tell you some stories, <laughs> good and bad. Good and bad. Yeah, I've, it's a good thing. I mean, I made some. Uh, lifelong friends i have mm-hmm. guys that i train that still call me even some of them that don't work here anymore they still right. call me and and ask me questions about stuff and uh it was uh it was a good experience overall yeah. right yeah i had one of yours come through today close quarters today 
And, uh, I don't know what you do to them, but they, they, they all seem to like you. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, he's a, he's a character for he's, sure. He's the guy you're talking about that, uh, Chris, uh, huh. He's uh he's not even my driver anymore. No, the one first thing I had th- this morning was one of yours. Chris Chris moved over to the one that you told me about. Um, yeah. He uh he moved over to Kyleen's board because he's moved over to a dedicated fleet. Okay. But uh yeah, he was mine for a little while. Right. Yeah, I've had it. Speaking I, of speaking of my former drivers, you uh-huh. just interviewed one of my former drivers not too long ago, Which that one? David David Kinworthy. I don't know if anybody's noticed out here. Most of the guests we have on have a have a personality. David <laughs> definitely had a personality, <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. He's a he's an awesome guy. I listened to that episode and I was like, yeah, that's yeah, my guy right there. I he's like that. To throw yeah. me under the bus. I know it's coming. <laughs> I was waiting for it. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, but I was waiting Come for on. it. No, no. I, I I tend to when I work with people out there and I get somebody with a good personality likes to talk. I say, "Oh, perfect! You know about the podcast? You want to come and do it?" <laughs> and David, if you know David, he loves to talk. So he was a lot of fun. I had a good time with him. So whenever you you were a trainer here, um, how long total did you say you drove? Ten years? Nine years? For real? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going on nine years here. Okay, and then so I was a driver here for what seven? I think because yeah. I've been in the office now two years. Two years. So, and any future plans? What do you? You gonna go back and driving, or you gonna stay in the office? What are you thinking? I, office driving. What do you liking better? I like what I'm doing now. I enjoy the challenge. Um, I believe that I'm helping people every day, mm-hmm. so I would like to continue doing what I'm doing for the time being. I'm still not what I would call an expert at it, but I think I do fairly well. Um, like everybody else, I'd like to move up in the chain a little bit. You know, at mm-hmm. some point, obviously, obviously, I'm nowhere near that yet, but Liz, I'm shooting for your job one of these days. <laughs> See, I, I told them I was shooting for the corner office up there on the right. Oh, yeah? That's the one I'm going for. There you go, man. Yeah. I'm a one-step-at-a-time kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> for the people out there that don't know that's rick grail's office yeah but uh yeah it's uh so that's your plan is to hopefully move up yeah i would i would love to continue what i'm doing i'm enjoying mm-hmm. the challenge it's uh it's a struggle some days mm-hmm. um right now we're back to a full staff so our mm-hmm. driver counts are back down where they should be mm-hmm. um for the last three months or so, we've been a little short. We were short one FTM. Mm-hmm. So me, Kylene, and Janelle were just swamped with drivers for the last couple of months, and it was it was stressful to say the least. We couldn't, right. couldn't hardly keep up with them. But now we're back where we should be, and things are going quite smoothly. Well, so. that had to be a good uh, getting you to that uh, – expert kind of area uh it had to be a good course for you to go through that yeah it was definitely something that's for sure (laughs) is there anything the drivers out there can do to help you make your job easier make it easier for them the main thing is the communication whether it be phone calls or or the text messages through the pc um we need to know what's going on um i when 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 we have more drivers than we're supposed to, I'm 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 doing better now since we're back mm-hmm. down to normal. I can keep track of them a little better. But when I'm really busy, it's really hard for me to chase down drivers and say, mm-hmm. "Are you getting unloaded?" 
they get to a they get to a customer and there's a delay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sitting there hour hour and a half in the dock. I want to hear from them so that I can get customer service involved, right? Um, some of these guys sit there and two and a half hours later, mm-hmm. I didn't notice that they're still sitting right. there because I'm busy working on this other guy over here. Mm-hmm. So I wish they would at the very least shoot me a message. The the big thing, no matter whether you're in training or a regular full time driver is Mm -hmm. the communication thing you just have to let us know what do you think makes people not do that Uh, i i hate this phrase when drivers call in i hate to bother you but that's what i was gonna say (laughs) i hate to bother you but i mean literally that's my job please bother me (laughs) job security bother him (laughs) yeah you've noticed that travis that's everybody we've talked to on the corporate end of it, the fleet managers and everything, communications. Oh, yeah. Communications yeah, is all they keep saying. The driver's out there doing the work, and we're mm-hmm. here supporting them. And if we don't know, you know, all the stuff in between, and, you know, we don't know what's going on. Right. Jason, what's the best way for our drivers to keep our customers happy, satisfied with us, all that good stuff? Well, the most important thing, obviously, is to show up on time. Um, obviously that is not something that we can control all the time drive you know we run into traffic we run into maintenance issues whatever the second most important thing is the communication again you know we always come back to the communication as long as we let the customer know hey we're running an hour late because the truck had a flat tire Mm -hmm. or whatever as long as we let them know we're usually good we, we need to be on time as much as possible. That'll keep that service level up high. Mm-hmm. And then and we'll keep getting good freight we'll, and we'll everybody get, keep making money. We'll get more freight if we can keep that service level up mm-hmm. above, you know, in the 90, 95% or whatever their goal is. If we can beat that goal, they're going to give us more freight. Right. So. And then we got our salespeople out there that are going and looking for new lanes, new hiring areas, and mm-hmm. that helps us grow our wig, all that good stuff. So, Jason, that's that's enough about rail. <laughs> it's kind of blunt there. Um, what, what else do you do on your when you're not at work? Well, I bought a boat this year. Yeah, that's the big thing lately. That's taking priority over everything lately. <laughs> Although it's put away for the year because of this lovely weather we're having this time. But that has been uh, something that me and my wife have wanted to do forever. And what'd uh, you get? How big? We got a 18-foot pontoon boat, okay. and we splurged on it and bought a brand new one. Oh, nice! So we got all the goodies and amenities that we right. wanted. And I have not been using my time off mm-hmm. for quite a while, so I have all kinds of PTO time saved up, <laughs> and I've been taking days off here, left and right, going right. fishing every day. Have you caught anything? I've caught lots of fish. Yeah, anything to brag about? I'm a big bass guy. I like yeah. I like to fish for bass. Are you a bass snob, though? No. I so like, you, you like the fight. I like, yeah, I like the fight, and I like the, I like fishing for northerns and stuff. I'm not a big musky fisherman. I don't have the patience for it. Right. you got to cast 900 times to get one fish. You know, I'm not a, yeah. I don't have the patience. It's a lazy you, fish. Yeah. Do you uh, do the uh, ice fishing as well? Some. I'm not, I'm not real big on sitting still. And staring at a little tiny hole. Right. Um, I like to. I'm. I, I fish constantly. Um, but I'm more of a move the boat around the lake kind of guy. I gotcha. I, I'm not 
much for staring at a little hole, and I'm really not for freezing to death while I'm sitting out there doing it. So you got the trolling motor? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you do the hunting as well? I'm not a big hunter. Hmm. Um, I do like to go squirrel hunting. Hmm. <laughs> we got plenty over at the house. Small game. I like that. Like and a 22 or what? Yeah. I just like to go for a walk in the woods. You know, it's relaxing. Hmm. I'm... Got no interest in sitting up in a tree and blaze orange here in a couple of weeks with the rest right. of the nuts. You know, I have no interest in it. I do like venison though. So if you're a hunter, <laughs> <laughs> your 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 rifle season is so short here. Mm. You know that down down where I'm from, it's like three months. It's forever long. And if anybody listening out there has uh, some venison for Jason, you can email us at <laughs> you know podcast. What? Yeah. at rail.net and we'll figure out a way to get it to Jason. <laughs> and if you get too much, you know, you can always pass it to. Uh, to to myself, I mean, I'm good. I'm game with I like, that. I like, I like, like <laughs> podcast at rail.net, and we, we will take that extra venison. You know, off we've your been hands. we've been on a roll here, Travis. What about a hunting uh, podcast? You know, get us out there, and we can via the podcast. I'm just trying to look at excuses to go vacation and then get paid. Oh, I, is what I'm trying well, to do here. In the cold weather, well, we can go to Alaska. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Big game that sounds hunting. like uh, that sounds a little rough. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I like the crew. I like that cruise ship one better with Mason. The other things I like to do, I play in a little band on the weekends. I play a little bit of music from time to time. I'm a. How'd you get into that? I was living in Nashville at the time. Uh, music is everywhere. Mm-hmm. I had a good friend of mine that played all the bars, and I would get up and sing with him. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't know what to do with my hands, so I would stand there with my hands in my pocket looking like a moron singing the song and he's like why don't you uh, buy a guitar I'll teach you a couple chords right and I think for the first two years I'm living in Nashville playing down on Broadway and, and I didn't have the guitar plugged in <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just drumming along you know mm-hmm. but eventually I learned how to play the chords and you know then I moved back up here and I missed it, so I put together a bunch of guys, and we got a little band together, and we played. So, How often do y'all play? We used to play all the time, mm-hmm. but we're all getting old. And you got a pontoon now. Yes, and I have a pontoon boat now. Mm-hmm. So we're all getting a little bit on the old side, so we try to keep it to once, maybe twice a month. you know. Okay. So Any more than that, it just starts feeling like a job. I got you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it if I wasn't having fun doing it anymore. Mm. The music, the, the music part is awesome. It's the setup and the teardown. Right, <laughs> you got to get, get some roadies. I was about to say, Mike. That, yeah, Mike might be interested. <laughs> I don't know about that. I know how to tear stuff apart. I think you know that, right, Jason? I do. Aftermarket, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> you want to share how how we wound up doing that? You want to you, you want to you want me to share how you got your name aftermarket, Mike? <laughs> I got roped into going for a motorcycle ride with these guys. Well, they have this little motorcycle club. I guess yeah. they don't have they don't call it a gang. It's a motorcycle club. Oh, we're hardcore. Yeah, they're hardcore. They call themselves the Sons of Arthritis, the Ibuprofen <laughs> chapter. And it made me laugh so much. I'm like, I can hang with these guys. <laughs> So I went went for a ride with them. We went up around Lake Superior and stuff. And we stopped at a rest area. And Mike here's got this fancy Harley. Got the custom tail end on it. it it's beautiful. He, sits a, he hits a button and it sits down on the frame. And it's just, just a beauty of a ride. And we all go to leave and the damn thing wouldn't sit, sit back <laughs> up. 
The air compressor quit working. <laughs> the the <laughs> and you shared this story. Yeah, on the yeah. This is on. A, this is one we did. You'd look way back. Yeah, if look you look back. back at it, and it was so. You know, and of course, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't bring any tools. Didn't bring any <laughs> anything to check this out. I'm just just yeah. Well, let's go. Sounds good. So between everybody's bike, I'm getting tools from people and fuses, and it wound up being a stupid hot wire going to my, that's all it was, but I couldn't build up air, so pretty much the bike was setting on the tires. Two and a half hours later, we finally figured it out and got it moving. Who so, figured it out? Uh, I don't even remember. I know one it of the instructors, he found the a, hot wire for us. It was a conglomeration of everybody. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I think <laughs> We're laughing at us. I guess the sons of arthritis. Mostly, mostly I stood back and took pictures because I'm not much <laughs> of a mechanic, so I have lots of pictures of it if you'd like some. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have parts of his bike spread all over the rest area because well, he had the whole thing apart. And and the funniest part of it all is, you know, you own a Harley. Of course, I think there was only a couple of Harleys, maybe two or three, something like that. The rest were, you know, Hondas and Yamahas and stuff did like you that. Just, did you just insult me? I, well, whatever. I don't own no Harley. Well, <laughs> but the whole time we're making fun of them you know hey we need a trailer for parts for all you guys bikes and then i'm the one who breaks down of all people i'm like <laughs> and if anybody knows me i talk enough smack so it's <laughs> i had to eat a lot of crow that day yeah yeah my yamaha made the trip just fine didn't have a bit of problem not a little bit well, you don't have those bells and whistles all those bells and whistles i'm guessing that can go wrong but it didn't break down that's Kind of the point. (laughs) That's for sure. But it was a lot of fun. I I think that's probably what you remember about. You remember growing up, at that particular time, you dreaded it. It was like, oh, God, what have I got myself into? And now that when you look back at that stuff, that's the stuff you remember and have a good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That might have been the highlight of the trip, actually, to be (laughs) honest with you. It's those traumatic experiences. Because we, we got a good laugh. My favorite part of the whole thing was uh, one of the instructors that went with us when he found the power wire for us. But it really lit him up. I mean, he had burn marks across his mm. finger. So I kind of got sidetracked on a motorcycle trip. So you, you do the music, you, you play and everything. You want to play us a little bit today? I can if you really want. Absolutely. <laughs> I brought my old clunker of a guitar here. And t- tell us a little bit about this guitar. I know there's some history there, so before you start playing... Well, this thing's been around the block a, a lot. I had this one in the truck with me. It's an old Martin. I don't really know how old, probably early 90s, maybe late 80s or something like that. Um, if, you, if you could see on the radio, it's got almost like Willie Nelson's guitar. There's almost a hole wore through here from me playing it so long. Um... It's got a few autographs on it. A couple of my heroes, Junior Brown and Samantha Fish. So I I really like it. It's it's gotten me gotten me through a lot of miles and passed a lot of time. So it sounds nice too. I do have a song that I can play for you. Okay, go ahead. You don't have to worry about copyrights on this because I have permission to play it. Excellent. Um the only thing that the writer asked was that I tell you who wrote it, and his name was Tom Shepard. Shout out to Tom Shepard. Yeah, he is a good friend of mine. Um, I met him when I was living in Nashville. He's traveling the country now. He's a pretty big shot songwriter. He writes for a bunch of people. So 
I asked him if I could use the song for the podcast. He says, as long as you tell him who wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Goes a little something like this here. Standing on the edge of Friday night, the whole weekend is mine. I'm meeting my buddies at the cork and cake, gonna have ourselves a honky-tonk time. Got my paycheck in my pocket and it's burning a hole. Pedal to the metal, flying down the road. Bowed to blow the speakers clean out of that old Delco. When that melancholy love song goes straight to my heart and makes me think about you and me and how we fell apart. The power of a melody and grabs a hold and won't let go of me. It takes me back in time, back when you were mine, of the melancholy love songs. Standing feeling sorry in the parking lot, I just couldn't go inside. But it's just no use It happens to me every time If I try turning off my radio I'll hear it in line at the auto zone Or I'll call up the bank And as soon as they put me on hold One of those melancholy love songs Goes straight to my heart And makes me think about you The power of a melody grabs a hole and won't let go of me. It takes me back in time, back when you were mine, of a melancholy love songs. If there was a way that I could change it, I sure haven't found it yet. I can turn it down, turn it off, try to tune it out. Takes me back in time, back when you were mine, of the melancholy love song. It takes me back in time, back when you were mine, of the melancholy love songs. Fantastic! That was great, and that's a that's a original, right? Well, it's not my original. Yeah, uh, Tom Shepard wrote that. And who who exactly is Tom Shepard? Tom is a guy that I met when I was living in Nashville. Uh-huh. I think that he's living in Oregon now, but uh, he uh, we still get talk on Facebook and stuff, you know. Right. Um, he is. He's written a bunch of stuff, and he travels around the country doing shows. You know, it's cold. Right. I, I keep seeing him doing shows in Florida and stuff now. <laughs> and I'm like, um, you know, you could 
You could use a rhythm guitar player, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I think you were telling me. Uh, is that the one you were telling me about that you run into and and he had like wrote a bunch of songs you knew about? Is that the same guy? Yeah, that person that. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Didn't you didn't know who he was, but then later you found out who he was. It's not the same person, okay. but that is a great story. Tell that right. story. Yeah, I was playing at this little hick bar in the middle of absolutely nowhere, Tennessee, and. Uh, there's this old ratty old tour bus out in the parking lot mm-hmm. and they had a campfire going in front of the tour bus right so we got done playing at like two in the morning i go over there there's three or four old guys sitting out there they're playing guitar passing it back and forth right mm-hmm. and uh this guy uh picks up this picks up this uh picks up the guitar and he says here's a song i wrote right and he starts playing adelaida you know, the George Strait song, Adelaide, pretty little Cajun queen. And I'm like, you did not. And then the next guy, the old guy, played a song. I wrote this song, and I'm like, you did not. So there's three famous songwriters sitting here. In this hole in the wall. In this hole in the wall campground slash bar, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just trashing on them, you know, and I'm just like, you guys did not. You did not. You did not. And then I look them up the next morning on the Internet, of course, and I'm like, that was my opportunity <laughs> right there. That was, that was it right there. Isn't that kind of normal for singers to have people write their songs? Um, yes, it is. I mean, for a lot of them, a lot of them try to write. You know, everybody wants to write their own stuff and sing it because they get more money that way, obviously, right? Less middle men, middle people. Yeah, but, you know, obviously not everybody's a great writer. Um, George Strait is famous for not writing very many of anything, and he's like the world's yeah, greatest he's got singer ever. 60,000. You know? He's got, the, he's got the, the voice. Yeah, he's, he's the got king. The, he's got the looks. He's got the voice. Right. He does write songs. There's, there's songs on his albums where he's at least got a co-write credit. They're on the B-side, as they used to call it. <laughs> not, the B- not necessarily. <laughs> You're showing your age again. <laughs> um, not necessarily on the B side. Some of yeah. them are some of them are good songs, but uh, for the most part, there's there's groups of people in Nashville that that's all they do is write songs, mm-hmm. and then they pitch them out to artists. Um, artists may change a few lyrics here and there to make it more them, and then they get co-writing credits on mm-hmm. it. But it's actually some Joe Blow that wrote the song. Right. I think that's why a lot of them, you, you know, you hear some of these people and they have one great album and then after that it's dead because they started writing the second album. <laughs> it very well could be and obviously I am not a I am not an expert in the field. Yeah. Obviously I lived in Nashville and never played anything bigger than a little honky tonk right. on Broadway, you know, I'm not right. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination an expert in the music business, but mm-hmm. you know. You seem to do pretty good to me. I do follow it a lot. I right. play a lot of shows around here. I like to think that I'm a big fish in a small pond around here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's obviously other bands around here that are, you know, they have a bigger draw than we do because we play the older country stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. But I like to think that if you want to hear Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard, that we're the band to go see. Right. <laughs> what's, your, what's the name of your band? Um, Jason and the Old Trucker Band. And where can people get a hold of you guys if they want to just go know on, more? Just go on Facebook and look it up. We it's a it's a hobby band. I can't stress that enough. We don't go through the effort of of having a website and all the promotion and all. That. We used to do that years ago when I had a band called Rattlesnake and Eggs. 
Um, we 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 had a beer sponsor and everything. You know, what do you come up with a name like Rattlesnake and Eggs? <laughs> we had it for breakfast one day, man. Uh, <laughs> Where was this? Tennessee. <laughs> I want to hear this. Is that an interesting story? Does it taste like gator? It's really not that interesting. Uh, no, it's, it's like a pork chop, man. Um, huh? We were we were playing at this little bar, the same bar that the the bus was at. You right. Know, it's out in the middle of nowhere and. We were eating breakfast. We were having steak and eggs. Okay. Right. And uh, they were, we look out the window and they have a snake hanging from a tree in the back and they're, they're skinning the snake. And we, we joke that we, we want to have some rattlesnake <laughs> and eggs. Only in Tennessee. <laughs> we were joking, but the guy's like, sure, no problem. Give me half an hour. <laughs> Interesting how those names come to be because that's actually pretty awesome. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. We used it for what's really weird is that such a silly name that came out of nowhere. We right. used it for almost twenty years. You know, we played under that name forever. Are you, you know? still playing with the same people um, from that band? One of them, the guitar player's been with me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, drummer, the drummer I've played with now for probably I don't know seven or eight years. He's really good. Um, he gets a little carried away with his drum set sometimes. We play at some little tiny bar, and he shows up with a seven-piece drum set. But uh, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're all we're all standing like this, so we got room for his drum set. You know, right? But most of the guys, every everybody in the band is really good. I we don't have rehearsals or anything. When I yeah. decide that we were going to do some new songs, I send them a link on Spotify. And I say, learn this song. We're playing it next week. So, do you have any originals that you've wrote? A few, but I'm not going to play them today because I'm, I'm a little rusty on them. <laughs> <laughs> Love putting you on the spot. I'm a little rusty on those. I don't really want to pull them out. We don't. We don't do those with the band. Um, every once in a blue moon, I get a little wound up. Mm-hmm. And we're we're struggling for stuff to play late at night. And then I might throw one of those out there or something, or part of one or something, and see if anybody likes it. Usually, the bar just tunes out when you play your original stuff because they right. don't know it. You know, play the hits. <laughs> they want to hear Freebird. <laughs> There's always somebody yelling for Freebird. Uh, have you played it once or a hundred times? Freebird, Free Bird? yeah. I don't know anything about Freebird. <laughs> <laughs> I think Never can. look at me like that again. <laughs> so, where do you get your inspiration to do this? I know you had to have some people that you looked up to. Well, you know, I like I like certain musicians. You know, Willie Nelson comes to mind, of course, right away. I love Willie Nelson. I could sit and play Willie Nelson songs for an hour. You know, would you ride the bus with him, like Toby? <laughs> I'll leave you it know, that. It's an experience one. Sh- how would you not? I How would you if, turn that down? If Willie I mean, asked you to ride on his tour bus, with you, you would have to. I think you'd be interested. Would, He'd would. be an interesting character. I mean, he's been in music forever. Yeah. I mean, you imagine listening to stories from him. Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, he's been around forever. That would be insane. I can't even imagine. I did get to meet him one time. That was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, we were playing at Tootsie's down in Nashville, and he mm-hmm. was playing the Grand Ole Opry that night. 
and he came over after his show and sat right. and watched us. I tried hard to get him to come up and play with us, right. but he didn't want nothing to do with it. So. I got to meet him one time. I was He used to own a truck stop out in Texas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it out there. I don't think he owns it anymore. Hamburger Dan's? <clears throat> no, it was... <laughs> It, it it changed names. It's a big chain now, but he he had a stage in it. It had a little bar and grill in it. Had a stage. Had all of his gold records on the things. It was really really cool. And we stopped out there one. We were coming out of Waco, Texas, not far from Waco. And we we're coming out of Waco, and we stopped and and went to eat at this place, and it was packed. And I had no idea who was going to be there. And it was I think it was like Willie, and some other fairly big person was there and we actually got to sit pretty close to the stage and i just called it a 34 right there and we stayed and it i had the best time he was he was really cool yeah there you go yeah willie is willie comes to mind i do a bunch of his songs when we play out Mm -hmm. um of course everybody likes merle haggard and waylon jennings everybody likes him right um but you know george Strait. i grew up listening to him i actually saw him play we sold tickets as a fundraiser when I was a Boy Scout, mm-hmm. he played at Lincoln High School in Rapids. <laughs> That's the way I met, uh, met Tim McGraw. Yeah. And uh, when they were first starting, nobody even knew who they were. He was playing at a fairground in Brunswick, Georgia, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I seen him up there. And we used to, a whole bunch of them used to come around there. And that was kind of cool. I like all kinds of music, though. I'm not limited to country. Country's mm-hmm. obviously my favorite. Um, but I've got a lot of other influences too. The Los Lonely Boys, are, they're uh, not bad, are they? They're a Tex-Mex kind of yeah. group, and I is that abs- how far is heaven? Do that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love them. I've seen them in concert two or three times. I have tried repeatedly with my guitar player to do that trick they do, where the bass player plays the one good. Right. It's, it's, it's hard easy. to explain on a radio, of course, but they're. The bass player is playing the right hand on the guitar, and the guitar player is playing the left hand on the bass, and vice versa. They're doing this at the same time, and I've I've tried that with my guitar player, and I just can't it's not do easy. it. It's it's a disaster. I don't know how they do it. They're just amazing showmen. Um, Samantha Fish, of course, I mentioned her with the autograph on the guitar. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know who she is, but I've she's never a, heard of her. She is like the number one female blues player out there really? right now. She's on the cover of all the blues guitar magazines and everything, and right. she's. I didn't know who she was five years ago. She played in Stevens Point for the Fourth of July Riverfront Rendezvous, mm-hmm. and I still wasn't going to go because I didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. But a friend of mine was playing in the band that was opening for her, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Come on down, man! I'll get you backstage, all that kind of stuff." You know, and I was like, oh, "All right, I'll come down there." And I, I never did make it backstage mm-hmm. um, because they got done playing, and Samantha Fish came out on stage, and she lit up that guitar, and I stood there for the next ninety minutes with my mouth open, going, "How the hell is she doing that?" <laughs> and you had never heard of her. I had never heard of her, and I was just fascinated. And I just she plays kind of rocky blues you know and uh she's famous for her little cigar box guitar okay she does a lot of slide guitar stuff so hmm. i mean actual cigar Cig- cigar box yeah yeah you know sammy sammy hagar does that yeah he, he has a few of them yeah i went out and bought one just not too long ago the sammy Hart- hagar one or just uh no, just a cigar box I guitar. Brought it in. i don't know how to play it yeah. well let us know when you got that thing down <laughs> we'll have you back on 
it, that thing is a whole new monster. It's it's only got four strings on it. You think mm-hmm. it'd be easy, but there's I go online. You know, YouTube has lessons for everything, right? Mm-hmm. I go online and there's like all kinds of different special tunings for it, mm-hmm. and you gotta use the slide, which I've never really done before. You know, and it's there's a whole different technique to that, and it's just. I'm having fun doing it. I'm just, I'm not, you're not going to see it in public anytime soon. <laughs> so it looks simple, but it's very complex. It's very complicated. Yeah. You see those guys playing it, you know, they just. Right. They, just, they probably got it playing in the background. Some, some, they're just kind of moving their hands. It's insane. They, they yeah. make it look easy. I mean, they're just sliding that slide up and down mm-hmm. and it's got the killer sounds, you know, but I've been playing with it a little bit and it sounds kind of like a long tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> Can you give our listeners something uh, that you've done uh something we can play over the air without any uh, copyright <laughs> infringements therein lies the problem so long so Thank you. 
That's what makes me so damn blue. You know, stuff like that, you know, it just goes on and on, you know. I strum the chords. I'm the dancing chicken in the middle is what I always like to say. <laughs> Who would have thought? The, turn the fire up under my feet and I dance around. <laughs> Who would have thought we had this kind of talent at rail, huh, working in the office? <laughs> you got any uh, gigs coming up? You just got to check the Facebook page for the schedule. It's okay. uh, Jason and the old trucker band. Okay. And I know you do some uh, YouTubing as well, right? Oh, boy. You're going to bring that up. <laughs> I was hoping he'd overlook that. Oh, no. <laughs> YouTube and TikTok and all the above, man. Right. What, what do we? How do we find you? On, on YouTube, you look up Jason's Board, like Jason apostrophe S-B-O-R-E-D. And, and tell me how this got started. I would be sitting in the truck doing a 34-hour reset. Okay. And just for something to do, I would sit down and learn a new song. Mm-hmm. And then I would make a video of me playing said new song. And there's like 70 of them on there. There's a lot of them. They're, they're not bad. I, I've looked at most of them, and they're not bad at all, yeah. There was a lot of them, and I would just be, I would just be sitting in the truck. You know, I'd always give it some kind of intro. Here we are in Albuquerque, New Mexico, <laughs> or whatever. Right. Uh, there's one in Arizona, I remember, because uh, I had the curtains closed, and it right. looked like I was in a crypt or something. <laughs> nice. I was like, I have all the curtains closed because it's 103 degrees outside. <laughs> I, I would take that right now. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, speaking of, you know, your journeys out on the road as a driver, uh, most memorable moment. Most memorable moment. That's... Uh, I don't know, probably the first time that I went out west. I know David, and when you were talking with David, mm-hmm. you were talking about the the Columbia River Gore Valley there. It's it's really pretty out there. Um, I think that uh, the scenery is, is for me, not so much the highways. That, that place you were talking about, the interstate there, is it's pretty, but it's an interstate. Right. I liked, when I was pulling a curtain side, I liked going to, we used to go... Oregon, Washington, and they'd send you down some of the strangest places because we picked up lumber mm. and, and wood and stuff like that, and you would be in the absolute middle of nowhere, and you'd just see some of the most amazing things. It's beautiful. Yeah. Everybody always wants to go travel to different countries. I think maybe Travis talked about that recently. You can find... I heard you went to Budapest or something. That sounds awesome. Isn't that yeah. crazy? The you should see Wiener the pictures. Schnitzel. Is that what it was you said you were yeah. so crazy? <laughs> you should see the pictures. This is uh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I, that's no place I would have ever thought I'd wanted to go until I looked at these pictures. Big history buff. The Austro-Hungarian yeah. Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you that, and me could have some really long conversations. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, along with that, uh, you have the Habsburgs, and they were big into, like, the United States of Austria, like, creating mm-hmm. that. And then assassination of Franz Ferdinand and then you get world war and it's fantastic you better strap in when you get Travis going on hey that. hey you you're you're gonna be over there snoring pretty quick because <laughs> have I told you what my favorite podcast is what's that <laughs> the British history podcast no offense to you guys and your rail podcast but I, I'm a big history nerd yeah um that guy Jamie Jeffers does that podcast about the history of Britain and he's going he started in the Stone Ages, and he's going through year by year by year, and it's so fascinating. There's so much history there. I mean, I knew nothing of the whole Roman occupation of Britain, right? I knew nothing about it. Um, he goes just into massive detail on that. And then, of course, 
the Romans pulled out of there and then he goes into the massive details about the Vikings and now he's into the Norman invasion, you know, um, and it's just fascinating to oh, me. Europe is it's just it's crazy. <laughs> like all the different tribes and battles and yeah, yeah. intense. It's absolutely fascinating. It's, it's amazing me. how little they teach you other than, you know, American history yeah. in our schools. And then you have uh, Islam and them coming up, the Ottoman mm-hmm. Empire and yep. just crazy. Yeah. Yes. When I when I talk to any of the people coming through here that are from other countries, they they literally other school systems teach all this stuff you're talking about. But the United States school system, we teach American history. That's pretty much it. We had a world history class in in school here in Wisconsin, yeah. and it was it was uh, the basics to say the least. You know, we right. had what, what what was it? One semester, maybe two. You know, and then it was that was about like our French and Spanish classes. You remember that? You you learn hola, cómo estás? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I was in French class in high school, but I learned wee oui, wee. Oui. Mostly because it was a mostly because it was like a guaranteed A, you know. I, everybody, I, everybody aced it, and I just needed an easy class. <laughs> I, I took Spanish because the Spanish teacher was. It was a pleasure to go to class. I'll leave it at that. I'm totally understanding. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the whole world history thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can attest that. I didn't really know much until I started digging myself. You have to be interested in that to dig into it. Everything's like everything in this world, education wise, Mm -hmm. is specialized, you know? So we go to high school and we learn a certain curriculum and not very much, not very deep. And then we go to college and we learn a specialized craft. But we don't really learn all that stuff unless we dig into it ourselves. I'm going to college to learn basket weaving. Like, master, like every other master's, master basket I'm going to get a weaver. master's degree, a doctorate in basket weaving. Well, if you ever get good at it, I happen to know where you could sell it. <laughs> yeah, you have a shop over That's close right. to here, right? <laughs> Is that why you said this? Yeah. <laughs> Me and my wife own a art gallery over in Stevens Point. Um, Give we, us a name. It's Corton's Fine Framing and Gifts. Yes. She does custom framing and... Uh, you know the typical gallery mm-hmm. artwork. You can you can go in there and order, or buy right off the wall or whatever. You know. Well, I found my piece. Uh, I just have a little bit of problem, the finance end of it to pay for it. The one you showed me when we. Oh, were you on. mean the moose antler? Oh my goodness, Travis, this piece is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> we have a hand carved hand carved moose antler in there, and it's a little bit on the pricey side. Yeah. Um, but, but it's it well worth it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's this whole nature scene in a moose antler. They carved it out. There's a bear and ducks and deers and the whole mm-hmm. shooting match, you know. Where's your store? What's the it's address? It's in Stevens Point. It's uh, right off of Church Church Street, 2501 Church Street in Stevens Point. And the name of it is? Corton's Fine Framing and Gifts, and that's and, spelled with a K, K-O-E-R-T-E-N-S. She does some online sales. Um, the big thing that she does there is the custom framing. Yeah, and I have an old uh, family picture that I need reframed. So well, I do know where you can take it. We got quite a reputation. Um, there's some big, big businesses. I don't want to call out names, but mm-hmm. there's a very large insurance company in Stevens Point that has us do all their corporate offices whenever they uh, whenever they open a new office somewhere. They will call us up and say, we need 25 pieces of artwork 
that uh, are from the North Carolina area, right? So we'll find photos, find photos of neat things in North Carolina, mm-hmm. for example, and then we'll frame them up for them and they'll hang them up in their corporate offices and mm-hmm. stuff. So and we got quite a reputation because they could go anywhere. I'm sure there's framers in North Carolina and we just recently did a Phoenix one. I'm sure there's framers there, but they still come to us every time. So you you could go to uh, one of your big shopping chains and you could get a cheap frame or you could come to your store and get a nice custom one, right? Nice custom one that'll that'll improve your the appearance of whatever it is, whether it be a painting yeah. or a photo. We put the matting around it. It'll it'll oh, improve the appearance, and we also have special glass that we can put in there to protect it. Um, Just a like lot of what, guys museum glass. Yeah, a lot yeah. of guys hang up the jerseys. They have an autographed jersey. We just did a Packer jersey. Not that's too long. when whenever I I go to these places and do all these autographs for people, mm-hmm. you know, that's fans yeah. of the podcast. I always make sure we put it in museum glass for them because I go. know they want you know they want to save this, cherish this forever. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't put the UV protective glass on there, <laughs> that uh, that uh, jersey will fade over time, and and it's it's really sad when you ruin something that is a treasure. You know what right. I mean? We do repairs and stuff too. Um, I had an old painting that my uncle painted, and my grandma had it rolled up under the bed. It was a canvas painting that she rolled up, and of course, over the years, mm-hmm. the paint dried, so it had all those little cracks in it. Mm-hmm. And her dad sat down and painted in all the cracks so it looks like the day that he painted it it's amazing (laughs) he just sat there painstakingly matching all the colors and just fixed it you know so and then you guys framed it up oh yeah oh yeah it's hanging in the house now that's cool yeah Yeah, that's kind of neat it's come a long ways i mean that that uh you know you get some of the old pictures from I mean, you just find them, you know, like uh, families and stuff. I see that in pe- certain people's house. They'll have it's not even their family, but it's a cool black and white picture, you know, from mm-hmm. whatever you know. Go that on sounds by. weird. It is a little weird. Not huge into all that stuff, but I kind of married into it, and it's mm-hmm. kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. You know, there's certain things that I find really fascinating. Mm-hmm. There's these old-fashioned photos. They had a curved glass on the front, mm-hmm. and they would mount love the, they would mount the photo inside the glass. And we had some of those come in recently for some uh, repair work. They were damaged in a fire or something, and we had to clean them up. Those were those were neat. I'm like, what? Where? And you would put that in your house? Well, I would if I knew who was in the picture. Uh, I used to do. It. I, I've got I've got Lee and Grant original at my house the, from Civil War generals. I have a bunch of Civil War stuff. I used yeah. to live right there, right next to Fort Donaldson in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We used to actually, a friend of mine was a muscle shell diver. Mm-hmm. We used to go down there and dive, and he would find cannonballs and stuff on yeah, the wow. bottom of the river. And the couple of the old ironclad ships are still mm-hmm. down there. You can't, I mean, they're covered with mud, and mm-hmm. it's hard to tell it's a ship. But he, he pointed it out to me, and I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love all of that stuff. Well, it's like uh, Marshfield, Mr. Upham, the original Upham guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got like shot through his shoulder, didn't he? Yeah. You know about that story, yeah? I don't know the details, no. But you've heard of it. I've heard the name, yeah. 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 I remember uh, Greg Keppel used to be here, uh, HR leader, and he uh, did a presentation where he told the story of Upham. Cool. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Civil War mentions. Yeah, I love all that. I don't stuff. have a lot of free time, but I would totally go to any of these. Like uh, the library in Rapids has 
people come in there and tell historical stories. Mm -hmm. A while back, I actually made it to one. It was a Holocaust survivor. Mm -hmm. God, I guess that was probably close to 20 years ago now, but it was a really old lady telling a story about being in the concentration camps over there. I just sat there just fascinated the entire two hours that she was talking about. (laughs) It was amazing. I, I literally found out the other day that my hometown where I grew up in, Doc Holliday was from there. That's where he was born and come from. I'm your Huckleberry. Exactly. <laughs> That's like the best movie. Tombstone is the best movie. If you've never seen it, definitely watch it. I've watched it so many times I quote the script. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to pull it off. Yeah, you'll love that one. Uh, Val Kilmer plays I've Doc. I've heard of it. Val I've heard Kil- of Tombstone. He nailed that Val movie. Kilmer plays Doc Holliday, and it was just and he the pulled best. it off. There's a bunch of old westerns. Like I was telling Travis right before the show today, there's a, a – Old Henry, have you seen it? Mm-mm. I don't want to give very many details about it because it'll ruin it for people that hadn't seen it. But if you like westerns, it's a good one. It's got a lot of good twists in it. Uh, cool. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't expect to. I didn't expect to enjoy it, but I, I sit there glued to it. So yeah, I've never been a really big fan of westerns, mm-hmm. but occasionally here and there there'll be one that will stand out. You know, yeah. that Tombstone is definitely one that stood out. Absolutely. Well, I think we need to call it there. Uh, one quick question. Hot dogs, ketchup, no? Yes? Um, I'm kind of with Travis on this one. Uh-huh. He said uh, after 12 you should graduate to brats <laughs> and, and, and not uh, – You're talking about Opelt. Travis Opelt. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I, yeah, you don't confuse. Yeah, Travis Opelt was in here, and he said after you're 12 you should graduate to brats. Okay, brats, ketchup or not? Well, no, mustard. What the – um, but yes, there is a caveat. Okay. At one, two in the morning, when you pull into that truck stop and they got them big fat hot dogs in there the greatest? on the, on the roller right. oven, ketchup, mustard, the whole shooting match chili in the, in the middle of the day when there's other choices available, I'm not going for a hot dog, but in the middle of the night. Rolling in that truck stop, them them two hot dogs right. with the ketchup and mustard, especially if they have the jalapeno ketchup there, you know, a little bit of spicy ketchup. Yes, I do. Uh, so I'm, 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 I think we're going to have to yeah. hold He's a ketchup guy. Those are good. He just wants jalapenos with it. Yeah. yeah. Jalapeno ketchup, like the flavor thing. Absolutely. I'll go with that. Like, um, like you said the other day, Travis, the people that disagree with it, they've just been eating the wrong ketchup. I do got to tell you this story, yes. though. This is going to make you groan a little bit. Okay. I was reading an article earlier today, and scientists have discovered how to weigh a rainbow. I, I can't wait. Do you know what they found out? No. It's pretty light. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> In all the you good ways. You ask them for a joke. Just pull <laughs> that, that was fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Let's end that right there. <laughs> Travis, it's not going to get any better than that. Travis, thank you for helping me today. Yes. Jason, you were fantastic. Welcome back anytime. Yeah, once you learn to play that uh, that box. Once I learn how to play one of my own songs, that would be great. And the box. <laughs> the uh, cigar box. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll keep bringing you some new episodes very soon. Keep on trucking. And keep doing it the railway. Yeah.